on, church. Give the Lord a shout of praise, would you? Hallelujah. What a Savior. Hallelujah. What a God. Go ahead and have a seat. Wow. Is that worship incredible? Come on, somebody. I love it. That's, that is the one of the, uh, that's another Faith Promise original. Love that song. There's been songs all through Christmas. You guys can download. They're free. And man, it's meant so much to me. Well, welcome, Faith Promise, all of our campuses. God behind bars, man, we love you guys. We're incredible. What a weekend. Lord's Supper, worship. Hadn't it been just incredible already to be in the house of God? Come on, gang. And we're going we're gonna to talk about this more next week, but I just want to take a second and say thank you for an incredible year. 2019 has been incredible, and next weekend there's just a giant celebration. I'll do about half the message, and then the, we've got some interviews, some videos, and then the campus pastors will talk about specifics. But it's been incredible this year what God has done. Last weekend... Or last week, Christmas Spectacular, almost 13,000 people, almost 200 professions of faith, off the chart, 3, 000, over 3,000 more this year than last year, did an incredible job inviting, sharing your faith, working, man, it was awesome. Uh, all is bright, uh, the, just the ministry of that, 2,500 children, over 900 families, incredible, and then... All, we had both of our men's God Behind Bars campuses, and we did an honors brought for the ladies' prison at Bledsoe. The stories that happened, I could tell you all night long, of God doing miracles and, and what those inmates, the ladies and the gentlemen, that got to see their children and give them a Christmas present. It was just, it's just incredible. Come on, somebody. That was off the chart. God Behind Bars, we love you. Thank you, Lisa, doing a, just doing an amazing job. Family to family, food in Bahamas. When we started that, I said, why don't we just send money? And I talked to Kyle Wall, our missions pastor. He said, hey, there's not any food in the Bahamas. I said, well, the, all the resorts are open. Yeah, yeah, the, the rich people can get food down there, but the, normal, but the normal folks on the islands are not. So we ship food down. You guys did. Hey, man, it's just incredible. Your heart. Your commitment, the level, man, I'm just so proud to be your pastor. Just all over incredible. Now, many of you between last weekend and this weekend have got your copy of our 2020 book. And uh, by the way, you, everybody needs one individually. So men, men, do not hand it to your wife to fill in for you. Come on. I see my buddy on the front row has already done it. Come on, Lane. And so... Here's, here's the deal. Everybody needs one. We, I want you to have it for, for New Year's morning. You begin your, your devotional out of it. We'll all be doing it together. There's 31 days if you're new. It's written from our theme, which is all in. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, and they were wholly devoted, apostles, teaching fellowship, breaking bread and a prayer, and what God did because they were all in. So grab one. So many off the chart, just, just begin, be ready for that. Do me a favor, man, in the back of this is a personal growth plan. Jump on that. Come on, get a plan for 2020 to go closer to God. 
You have a plan for everything that matters. You have a plan for Christmas. You have a plan for, you know, for a meal after the service. You have a plan. Let's have a plan to do the thing that matters more than anything in the universe, which is learning to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, strength, and might. So jump on that. Get your word for next year. My word this year was breakthrough, and man, I could spend the next hour telling you of some supernatural breakthroughs that I've experienced and we've experienced. And so get a word, jump on that. 2020 all in, it is going to rock. Are y'all guys ready for the word? Who's ready for the word? Come on. I don't hear anybody ready. Y'all ready for the word? Come on, somebody. All right. We're going to jump out of Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. And the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great, of great what? Joy, which shall be for some of the people. No, 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 it doesn't say all. Are you sure? Because we all don't have joy. (laughs) Could it really mean all? And so let me ask you, if the Bible says we're supposed to have joy and we don't, is it our, is it God's wrong or us? Okay, man, we're all just getting, listen, we get, we're just getting rolling. Come on, it's incredible. Good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there's been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Incredible. This is mega good news. It is so good news. It will bring joy to all the people. Now let me tell you why. One of the reasons is such great joy. Because up until this point, if you wanted to go to heaven, you had to work for it. And you never knew if you were good enough. You hoped the priest was righteous or your sacrifice was good enough. And God said, I've got a new covenant. I'm going to come pay for your sins. No matter what you've done, what's been done to you, I'm going to forgive you, adopt you, love you, feel you, and give you joy. It is scandalous. And it is such good news that it will bring joy to everybody who gets it. Come on, somebody give God a shout of praise. So... Michelle and I, our prayer for you is deep, incredible, abiding joy this Christmas. Not just this Christmas, but every day. Because this is what I believe. I believe joy is a significant part of the abundant life that Jesus bought for us on the cross. Would you all agree with that? Come on, somebody. So listen, we're going to get a jolt of joy before this thing's over with. Because this is what I believe. I believe joy is a choice, it's up to you. You can choose joy, you can choose wonder, you can choose glory, you can walk through with a smile on your face, or you can choose defeat, and you can choose gloom and doom, you can choose it's going to be horrible, and whichever you choose, you're getting it. Amen? So don't blame God that there's no joy, because God's given us joy. In Isaiah 61, really, it's a, it's a, it's a prophecy that, that, uh, that Isaiah brings, and it is, Jesus quotes it in, uh, in, the, in our theme verse for this year. I didn't mark that verse, sorry about that. Isaiah 61, here we go, verse 3, to grant those who mourn in Zion, to give them garland instead of ashes, and the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of the spirit of fainting, 
Now, you can change joy and gladness are interchangeable. He has given us the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment of praise. And when you begin to praise God, when you begin to see the magnanimity and the mystery and the might of our God, man, joy comes because you realize no matter what you're facing, no matter what's going on, you can ex- you, you know God is bigger. Are you with me? We don't have a problem that God can't handle. There's a new song every time I click on. I've just started back listening just Air One more than talk radio because Air One is full of joy and talk radio is full of some other stuff. (laughs) I feel good when I cut off Christian music. I feel defeated when I cut off talk radio, unless it's Halloran. Halloran can turn anything. Come on. Yeah, I just love, I love Brother Hal. But there's a new song and part of the chorus is, you know, that standing in the fight, when I'm in the fire, he's standing next to me. In the water, he's holding back the sea. Psalms 100, verse 2, says this. Serve the Lord with what? And come before him with joyful singing. Joyful. So this Christmas, listen, I want you to do three things. Come on. If you're listening, say I am. Three things. Number one, be joyful. Is it a choice? Be positive. Is it a choice? And be encouraging. Because some of y'all are going to be around some family that ain't right. Some of those people ain't right. Are you with me? You got some weird uncles and some stuff going on with the families. Every family, Pastor Josh and I were talking about before the service, every family's got some dysfunction. You put the fun in the function. Man, be positive. You say, you don't understand those people. Man, just kill them with kindness. It's like pouring bucket of coals on their head. That's what the Bible says. You say, but Pastor, what do I have to be? You don't understand my circumstances. What do I have to be joyful about? The invasion of Christ in Christmas. Heaven's rescue mission for you. For behold, I bring you good news, good tidings of great joy. It's joyous when you realize. It's joyous when you get it inside and all up and all over you. When you just walk in that joy. When you quit focusing like the world does and you just realize how good God is. See, man, we're all going to be around some people this next week. They got some stuff going on. You know what I'm talking about? And some people walking through some deep water. So here's the deal. People don't, may not remember what you said to them but they will remember how you made them feel. So you be the one in the room saying, hey, before we eat, can we pray? Hey, it's Christmas. I love everybody in the room. I'm so glad you're all here. You be the one that when the family's fracturing and their people in the room don't like each other, you be what Jesus said. You be the peacemaker. You be the one with joy. And while people are pouting or walking outside or people are mad, listen, Don't let them rain on your joy. Amen. Come on, don't let them mess. Don't let them. It's good news of great joy. I can't help people are weird. I'm going to put joy on them. Amen. Just give them joy, man. Just give it to them. Well, they say, we got into you. I'm so glad you asked. I got a jolt of joy, man. Jesus just got all up in me. He can get on you. Yeah, I changed a little bit, but he can get on you. So, because again, most people are going through some stuff. Let me give you a couple. Let me give you an odd passage of scripture. 
In Exodus, Moses is writing about the garments of the priest. So in Exodus 33, let me read this to you. You should make a robe of the ephod of all blue. Verse 33. You shall make on its hem pomegranates of blue, purple, and scarlet. And all around on the hem, bells of gold. Between them and all around a gold bell and a pomegranate. So whenever the priest walked by... They had some jingle in the journey. Y'all with me? You didn't hear him coming. Here comes the priest. How do we know? Because that guy's got some jingle in the service, man. Come on. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? So how come so many saints don't have any jingle? Why? why? When do you get some bells on? Who has stolen the jingle out of your journey? Come on. When, when Triple H and Hallam was speaking for us and we were talking between services, he said, Chris, he said, Pastor, I don't understand why the students and the children are struggling so much. He said, are you, I mean, is this a, are you, are you, are you kidding me? He said, no, I don't understand. I said, we've told them the world will be over in 10 years. When I was a kid, it was going to freeze. And then a generation ago, is going, we're going to burn up. Now we're just going to climate change up. The kids are under more stress and anxiety. We've told them the world's going to come apart, the political structure, racism, sexism, economicism. We've divided over politics and people trying to gain power and doing all this stuff until students want to take AP classes. They don't want to strive. They don't want to stretch because there's so much anxiety just being that they don't want to add anything else on it. Are you with me? They got no jingle. The most jingling people on the planet ought to be high schoolers and kids. But come on, we've lost it. Does this make sense? Let me give you four things that will rob your jingle. Are you ready? May need to get lipstick, pencil, mascara, something to write these four down because these are good. I'm just going and give it to you. Number one is discontentment. We live in the wealthiest culture that has ever been in all of history. We've got a greater level of lifestyle can you imagine when there was no such thing as a hot shower or air-conditioned car or butt warmers in the seats like Halloran talked about? Matter of fact, I, I, I sold my truck to my son and got another one, and I sort of went down on the trim package, and my truck, I sold him, had air-conditioned seats. That's from heaven. We got, my, we got so, come on, do we not have stuff? But we live discontented because we compare what we got with what somebody else has got has got more. Listen, quit doing that. If you just got to compare yourself, let me give you some advice. Compare yourself to someone that's got less. Instead of going to quiet hills and looking to lots, go to the hood. Instead of comparing your car with somebody that's got a brand new car, compare your car to somebody that's got one twice as old with three times as many miles, le leaking more oil than yours leaks. Are you with me? Instead of comparing yourself to somebody that's younger and healthier, compare yourself to somebody that's older and in worse shape. If you have to compare, which the Bible says not, then don't compare when people are going to make you feel discontented. Are you with me? Now listen, this is the world's system to suck the jingle out of your journey. Are you, are, are, am I making, I, listen, I can start over. Am I making sense? 
Are you with me? How many people are saved? Anybody saved? Anybody going to heaven? Okay. Does anybody in this room have just one person that loves you? Come on, let me hear you. Has everybody got food and shelter? Come on, let me hear you. Then my goodness, what do you have to complain about? Love Philippians 4.12. I love this. Paul said this. He said, I've learned how. I've learned how to get along with humble means, how to live in prosperity. I've learned in every circumstance, every circumstance, I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, having abundance and suffering need. Listen. Paul said there's a secret to contentment. Listen, if you're listening to him, joy is part of the secret of contentment. It's part of the secret. When you choose joy, you're going to be way more contented. There's nothing wrong with having more. Be contented where you are. Paul said, in my season, whether I'm hungry or full, whether I'm rich or poor, whether I'm cold or warm, in my season and in my portion, whether I'm, whether I'm walking with tons of chips on the hips or I'm dead broke, I've learned in my season and in my portion, in, in where I am, to be content. But when your focus is solely on what you don't have, instead of being grateful for all the blessings God has given you, what we do is we complain about what we don't have. It is a thief of your jingle. Are you with me? It robs your jingle. It robs your praise and worship. If I didn't get one Christmas present, I'm the most blessed man on the planet. You're looking at God's favorite son. Listen, God's blessings run me down. His favor just look, God just looks for ways. Are y'all with me? I could care less if I wake up on Wednesday morning and they're not a present under the tree. There's a baby in a manger, and it's good news of great joy. Woo! And some of you say, but Chris, you don't understand. We don't have much money. We got kids. They're not going to have much. Listen, they're not going to remember what you bought them. They're going to unwrap it, go ooh, and play with the box. I got 35 years of this stuff. I've learned. They don't remember. They do remember the warmth of love in the home. And that Jesus is the reason. We took all of our grandkids to see Michelle's mom and dad this week. All four of them. It was a horrible idea. <laughs> I said, Michelle, if you were not in the car, I'd pull over and leave them on the interstate. They're cute. Somebody get them. And we took them. And we put them all around Michelle's dad. And he got his Bible out, and he read his great-grandchildren the Christmas story. As we loaded those kids up the next morning, he said, if nobody comes sees us and I don't have anything else, you have made my Christmas. I felt bad at that moment about being mad at Michelle's grandchildren. I'm just going, <laughs> well, I felt a little guilty right there. And so, come on. And you say, well, that's easy for you, Chris. You don't have any problems. I pastor y'all. <laughs> Crap, no problems. Have you seen y'all? Are you with me? Come on. I got problems, but I just choose joy in the midst of the problems. So let me give you this statement. Number two, you neglect the source. 
neglect the source. Too many of us are overexposed to the world and underdeveloped in the spirit. We're so, we got so much world in us. That's why, that's why we compare. That's why we get discontented. Galatians, Galatians 5.22 said, because see, if we're being spiritually developed, we're following the filling, joy is a fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, and what? Peace, patience, love, joy. It's right there, right up at the top of the list. Where the spirit leads? In the book of Acts, when the Spirit of God came, everybody around looked at them and said, they're drunk. Why? They were so full of joy. They were so full of praise. There was so much stuff going on. But the people said, they got to be drunk to be that happy. No, you don't. Not if you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5.18, man, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, which is the source of joy, come on, somebody, You'll walk in joy. Does this make sense? And so, man, come on. Don't neglect the source. Listen, your your joy doesn't come from the college. It doesn't come from the White House. It doesn't come from the the schoolhouse. Man, your joy comes from heaven's house. God's the source. Let me give you a third one. Are you ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Loss of vision will rob the jingle in your joy. The wisest man that ever lived said in Proverbs 28 19, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. Or King James said they perish. In other words, when there's no vision, when there's no direction, when there's no focus, we just go all scattered willy-nilly crazy. That's why in January, there's a bookmark in all your books we gave you of three prayer meetings on the 11th, the 18th, and the 25th, 2nd, 3rd, and 4th Saturday. Uh, at every campus, we're going to have a prayer meeting to ask God to send revival in 2020. Y'all with me? And then we're going to talk about the vision and preparation for what God's going to do. See, vision gives you louder bells. You got a vision. You know where you're going. You know why you're going. See, when your vision decreases, your options increase. And that's not always a good thing. King David was a man after God's own heart. He was incredible. He was, he was a victor. He was a warrior. But he sort of got where he wanted to get and got a little complacent. The Bible says at the times when kings go out to battle, David stayed back at the house, hanging out at the palace, up walking around the roof, chilling out. And he sees a woman bathing a little bit down the hill because his house was up at the top. And he has her over, has sex with her. She's married. He commits adultery, then he has her husband killed. See, when when you lose your vision, your options increase. See, if David would have been where David was supposed to, which was leading the troops, the army of God against the enemies of God, that sin would have never happened. Listen, if we'll have some vision and focus, it will be the fuel and the passion and the energy that will drive our joy. Psalms 126, 1 and 2, as the captives were coming back, when the Lord brought back the captives once of Zion, we were like those who dream. Our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with what? And then they said, the Lord has done great things among us. Redream your vision and your joy will return. You say, but you don't understand, Pastor, I'm older. This got nothing to do with how old you are. We got some of the most fired up, 
visioned up senior adults in this church full of joy that I've ever seen anywhere else. Why? Because they've got vision to advance the kingdom. So heaven, what is, what's, what's heaven's vision? What's heaven dreaming in Luke chapter 15, verse 7? This is what heaven's thinking about. It said, I tell you the same way, there is more what? More what? Joy in heaven over one sinners who repent than 99 who need no repentance. Salvation of lost people brings joy back to heaven. Renew your passion for lost people. We're already set. We ever we have this weekend and next weekend, and we're already at record baptism, man. We're, we've never been where we're at this year. Renew your passion. Every time you see somebody dunk, man, you ought to celebrate because they are partying in heaven. Uh, one more. Can you stand one more? We, we neglect the source, discontentment, lack of vision. You're not going to like this. Sin. It's where we don't like to talk about anymore, right? Come on. We don't want to hear about sin. We don't want to think about sin. We don't, want to, we don't want to do it. But sin is a thief of your joy. Let me tell you, sin will silence the jingle in your journey. After King David committed adultery with Bathsheba and murder, he lost all of his joy. He's confronted by the prophet Nathan, and he writes Psalms 51 in repenting of the sins that he had committed, starting in verse 8. Let, make me to hear the joy and gladness. I don't hear joy anymore, God. Let the bones which you have broken, God, he has broken David's bone through convictions. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me, O oh God, a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the what? The joy, the joy of your salvation. Now sustain me with a willing spirit. David said, God, I've, I know I've sinned. I know I blew it. I know I've never should have done any of it. I've lost all my joy. You've broken my bones inside, God. You've devastated me, and I've lost all my joy. How much of the world are you allowing in? How much are you allowing the secularization of your heart, of your spirit? How much? Come on. See, all of us jump up and down and say, hey, we believe the Bible. It's in there and in Fallon. Man, we believe the Bible until the Bible says not to do something we want to do. And then we have found the first error in the Bible. Listen to me. The Bible is never in error. We are. And you say, but I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm forgiven, I'm going to heaven, I'm a Christian. You can do that, but you'll not experience joy. There'll be a cost. I love you, man. There'll be a cost. Hebrews chapter 111 says this. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your companions. When you 
love God and you're saying yes to what God says, yes and no, God will, God will give you that oil of joy, of gladness. Does that make sense? And so some of us right now, the Spirit of God's already, He's already told you why you've lost your joy. In the last 45 seconds, the Spirit of God already showed you why you're missing your joy. In the Bible, just do what King David did, just repent. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's faithful. This is why, listen, behold, I bring you glad, good tidings of great joy. Are you with me? So some of us need a jolt of joy. Because somebody stole all the jingle on our journey. Somebody sucked every gold ball off the hem of our robes. Come on. See, joy is the mark of a Christ follower. So let's be, let's, I'm going to pray for us. Let's be honest. How many of us, and through circumstances or one of the four things I've talked about or something else, you just lost the joy. God hasn't done something you wanted God to do. You just, how many of you say, hey, pastor, I need a jolt of joy. Come on, let's be honest. Just hold your hand up. Come on, hold it up. Come on, I need a jolt of joy. God, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus, and we, we lift our lightning rods up. We lift our hands, and we say, we need you, God. We know that the, 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 the message is joyful. We know that that's how we're supposed to walk, but the world has licked all the red off our suckers. The world has averted our eyes from you, and it's, we've been discontented, and we've neglected the source, and we've lost our vision, and their sin has crept in. And God, I ask now that you would re restore unto us the joy of our salvation. God, that you would sustain us with a willing spirit. I pray, Holy Ghost, I pray, great God, that you'd send a lightning bolt to joy of Jesus to electrify our hearts you have prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And no matter what's going on in the world, heaven is, is, is in perfection. And we are coming there when we finish this journey. And so, oh God, would you give us incredible joy? Would you fill us? Would you anoint us with the oil of gladness, the oil of joy? Let us, God, reflect your, mag just your majesty, your awesomeness. Spirit of God, would you light us up is our prayer in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on, somebody give God a shout of praise. Come on. Now, campus pastors, I love you guys. So proud of you. Can't wait to see you next weekend. But you go, go ahead and take it. Share the good news and lead some people to Jesus at your campus. We love you. See you next weekend. All right, online, God behind bars, and we're still with you. You see, some of you held your hand up and said, I'd, I'd love to have a jolt of that joy, but listen, if, you don't, if Jesus is not in you, then you don't have the source. Are you with me? When I gave my heart to Jesus, I was, I was defective, I was depressed, I was defeated, I had no joy, I just went from depression to depression. And when I got saved, man, I got the taste of joy, and I like it. Are you with me? And maybe you've never given your heart to Jesus. 
He's wide open. Come, cast your burdens on me for I care for you. Come and drink of the water freely and without cost. That's what he says in the book of Revelation. He said, take my yoke and learn to me for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So if you're ready to say yes to Jesus, if you're ready to turn your back on your old life and turn to your new life, he's ready. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, we're going to pray this simple prayer. Open our hearts up. Say, dear Jesus, I know I sinned. All my fault. We're separated. I can't stand it. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Give me your joy. I put my faith in you. I will follow you forever. Sustain me with a willing spirit. Now the heads bowed, eyes closed. If you prayed that simple confessional prayer with me, do me a favor, just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, I prayed that prayer with you. Just slip it up, hold it up. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. All right, hold it up. Gotcha, gotcha, hold it up. Usher's just putting a card in your hand, letting you know what your next steps are. All right, look up here. Almost every section, man, God is still saving people. It is still good news. Thank you, Lord. So do me a favor. If you pray with me, pull this communication card out online. You can click right there. Just pull it out. Fill out the top part. Check the circle. I'm making a first-time decision to follow Jesus. Check the second circle. I need to be baptized. If you're a guest, just check the guest circle. After, if you'll drop these in the offering bucket, guest, if you go through those center doors when the service is over, we got a gift for you at those tables at the information area. And then if you have not been to Next Steps, come on, Faith Promise, Next Step is your next step. next step. It's week four. We're gonna get in my truck via video, go to Brushy Mountain Penitentiary, and let the voices of the past tell us how to live a self-centered lifestyle and live a life of impact that we never knew was possible. Are you with me? And so if you'll put all the cards in the offering buckets as they come by as we come to a time of generosity, my, my, is God good to us? And yet, how often do we allow our financial situation to be a thief of our joy? What we can or can't buy the people we love for Christmas, it just steals the jingle in our journey. It robs us. Our circumstances, they steal the joy. And so I want to invite you to, onto the generosity journey because we struggle, all of us, we struggle through different ways. We struggle through a lack of patience and buying stuff we can't afford and being stuck or, or you know, all these things about money. Will God provide? What will God do? I just want to, I want to invite you to just step into the generosity journey and see what God does. See what God does. Just trying. Some of you get for the first time last week. I don't know how many new families, many of the new families that were here for the first time, Chris Spectacular gave. Some of you give for the first time. Some of you are raising your level of generosity to 10%, which is the biblical number. And man, you're gonna you're moving into that. And, and all right, listen, we're 11 months from Heart for the Harvest. 11 months is coming. I'm gonna remind you all year, all year, 
And so Michelle and I already have given this week. We gave online. It's easiest for us. We just set our giving up as recurring, and uh, it, just, it just happens every other week. It just rolls, makes it easy. Because, you know, sometimes if we don't make it here, we think God gave us a tithe reprieve. Well, I get church, so maybe I'll catch up next time. Come on, somebody. Y'all know what I'm talking about? We just set it up. It's, it's automatic. Because, man, we never want to miss. We want to always make sure God is first. So I invite you to worship with us. So ushers are good. Come on and pray. Then the praise team will come back out and lead us. Father, God, thank you for your generosity, for the greatest gift ever given. We rejoice in it. God, I thank you for people that are, joy is welling up in them, God. Joy. If right now you're giving them hope and faith, this building that maybe they can't have joy this Christmas. And they can and they will in the name of Jesus. We pray you bless the gift and the giver. Use this offering to take the good news of great joy to all the world so that everyone can have the freedom and forgiveness we have. God, we ask you to bless this time as our prayer in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on, give God a shout of joy in the house.